Hey, this is Carol from the editing booth. This is just a friendly little disclaimer. A little further into the episode, we have a discussion about the murder of Maria de Franco, who was the uh, Rio council woman that was killed last year. We did a whole episode, not a whole episode, half episode on it, so you can go check it out. But uh, at the time that we recorded this present episode, there were no developments on the case, but... Uh, as of now, there were arrests made and there's a whole thing happening right now. And we're just waiting for the case to mature a little bit so we can do a full update on it because you guys deserve it. But uh, just keep in mind that um, we didn't have that perspective when this episode was recorded. Does that make sense? I hope so. So, yeah, enjoy the episode. Okay, let me sing a song for you guys because, um, okay, hold on, you. I'm trying to think of a song by Team Maya because it's related to this in a way. All right. Fuck, I don't remember any songs that he sang. E-L. Gostava tanto de você. Gostava tanto de você. I just don't, I don't know anything of the song, just that. Uh, yeah, I don't remember any other of his songs. So, hi guys, welcome Hello. to Suspiria True Crime Podcast. I'm Carol. Oh, I'm Stephanie. Yeah, and this is another week, another episode, another murder, another Latin episode. <laughs> what? Yeah, Carol. Uh, just like we're we're very hyper right now. The ibuprofen is kicking in, you guys. I'm not in pain anymore. Um. I wish I was uh, on some drugs of some kind, but last thing I did was puff or chew things off my albuterol, albuterol, my asthma inhaler, because now my fucking doctor thinks I'm a nerd who needs a fucking inhaler. Like, I'm perfectly fine doctor, okay? I already um, told staff to put some stickers on the inhaler and just call it a day. That's yes good. no yeah, i was definitely. trying to find because someone said that there's like a keychain version of like mm. an asthma inhaler i was trying That's to cute. find it because like i'm very going to i'm gonna forget this at home so if yeah. i'm dying i'm fucked so i would like a keychain because if it's on my keys then i won't forget it i can't put it in and i'm not i'm not gonna forget it you know what? You should just hot glue it. Oh, keychain thing. But I don't think try not I to burn yourself this time. Oh uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Did you guys listen to last week's alternative episode bonus? Go listen to it. <laughs> Maybe yes. if you want to know what this is about. I have an actual hot glue gun right now. So, mm. oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, today we are going to talk about a very um. Big case in Brazil is a heavy mm. hitter, like a really, really big case. Um, I remember this case like being on the news 24-7. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the case of Team Lopez. So, Carol, do you want to tell us who Team Lopez was? 
Jean Lopez was an investigative reporter and TV producer at the Rede Global Network, is the biggest network in Brazil, uh, starting in 1996. He was murdered on June 2, 2002, while investigating allegations of drug trafficking and minors being sexually abused at Baile Funkies in Rio de Janeiro. So, Baile Funky is, uh, I mean, not really related to like the funk uh, music genre in America. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like that. It's like a, a popular. Um, oh my god, how how to describe it? It's like um, so. Well, first of all, I think we need to describe funk. I think we need to describe funky first, because yeah. then because funk so, is a type of music. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like yeah. It's sort of like reggaeton, but like different. Not really. Yeah, it's like a you know drum based like double meaning dirty songs basically yeah that's what it is it's popular with young people is was born in the favelas and stuff in rio uh probably in the 90s and i think around that time is when it became a little more mainstream and even today it's still really criticized because it's what poor people listen to and people don't like that so i mean it's a music genre that yeah i mean can we play like 15 seconds of some can do that right without being sued um sure i was just gonna say one more thing like so funky mm-hmm. was mainly born in the 90s but back in the 90s mm-hmm. funky was mainly uh known as funky melody wh- which mm-hmm. was more of like um it was like yeah melodic and it was mm-hmm. a more pg thing it wasn't so because mm-hmm. right now funky is known for having um explicit lyrics and like very it's full of double and entendre mm-hmm. so yeah it, it wasn't always like that yeah i don't think we can play the song i'm just gonna leave it in the show notes uh come on i was doing i remember the moves okay so so that's funky uh, around the time that this case happened that's what it sounded like it it had a, a it had some double entendre but it wasn't as bad as today mm-hmm. um So, by the funky. Today is like literally, you know, open your asshole, my dick's coming. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, by the funky, (laughs) it's basically a party where people go to listen to funky, Mm -hmm. basically. And it's very popular in, like, uh, like Carol said, the favelas, the slums, Mm -hmm. and like the lower income communities. That's not Mm -hmm. to say that rich people don't listen to funky and don't go to by the funkies, but by the funkies are most yeah. uh, mostly associated with uh, lower income communities yeah and we're not criticizing you when we say that you know it's there's definitely catchy songs and some that i like and i listen to sometimes like good confession here you know but uh, it, we're not criticizing you just to make sure but people do criticize it a lot for the double meaning but it's not like there's no double meaning in any other genres in brazilian music, yeah right every song has so, like, no everywhere everything. like yeah trust me i found out that some songs that i listened to as a kid that like seemed very innocent are like porn but being sung porn for the years so um speaking of our case once again now that we've given you a lesson in brazilian music (laughs) so um our victim arcanjo antonino lopez do nascimento also known as teen lopez was born mm-hmm. in Pelotas, Rio Grande do Sul, that's the southern part of Brazil, um, on November 18, 1950. 
He studied journalism at the Faculdade Helio Alonso in Rio de Janeiro. His first job was in the mailroom of the Domingo Ilustrada magazine, which was headed by journalist Samuel Weiner, um, who's like a really famous uh, Brazilian-Russian journalist. Mm. Um, and according to Tim's friends, Samuel Weiner was the one who gave him the nickname he would go on to use professionally, Chin Lopez, due to the similarity between the journalist and the famous Brazilian singer, Tim Maia. Mm -hmm. Which, Tim Maia is famous outside of the u.s right for soul music yeah and he's an amazing artist so yes check it out i don't know it's good he's yeah. dead now and he's a ghost we should do like a ghost a famous ghost episode because he haunts like famous a brazilian ghost anyway then we can talk yeah. about mamonas yeah mamonas we already talked about it though yeah do they haunt anywhere though like are they haunting anybody? i don't think so i mean maybe the forest where their plane crashed I don't know. Mm. So one of Tim's first news pieces was published in the 1970 on the O Reporter newspaper. In it, he reported on the dire working conditions of the construction workers that were building uh, Rio's subway. He was able mm. to dive deep into the project by posing as a construction worker in the project himself. So he like mm. worked for several weeks as a construction worker. And if you think construction work is bad here... You don't want to know yeah. what it's like in Brazil and in the 70s, okay? So he, like, yeah, posed as a construction worker, and he was working there for weeks um, mm -hmm. in order to write this news piece. So this is how dedicated he was to his job. Jim also worked on Rio's branch of Folha de São Paulo, which is, a, I think, the biggest newspaper in São Paulo. In Brazil. So also, huh? I in think Brazil. it's the biggest yeah. in Brazil, yeah. Yeah. So, also in the newspapers, O Dia, Jornal do Brasil, and O Globo. And the magazine, Placar, which is a soccer-based, soccer gossip, everything, uh, magazine. So, while on TV, he worked for our near and dear, Fantástico, which is the fourth member of this podcast, because we use it so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, which is part of the Global Network. Again, the biggest network that we have. Doing a weekly series that promoted the meeting of murder victims, families, and murderers in prison. It's so heavy stuff. Yeah. He was so dedicated to his work that he would even get admitted to a rehab facility for two months just so he could write about uh, recovering addicts. Yep. Addicts. Yeah. Yeah. He was a badass. Yeah. This is what good journalism is. This is not like a catchphrase of someone. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Maybe. So on August 2001, a series of newspaper news pieces about the drug fair in Mangueira in Rocinha slums, which was produced by Chim and a colleague, and a colleague, Cristina Guimarães, aired on Jornal Nacional, which is like the daily newscast. Yeah, and, but it's television. like the main one that if you yeah. want to know the big news, you're going to watch Jornal Nacional. Yeah. It was for that series that Chim would receive the ESO Award, which is the highest honor that can be given to a member of the press in Brazil. Cristina, who went away from Brazil shortly after Tim's death, warned him of the dangers that were involved with the investigations of something like that, that their lives were both at risk seven months prior to Tim's murder. 
Tim was known among the circle of journalists as one of the bravest and most audacious crime reporters of the time. Yep, so that's where everything goes down in flames. So after being alerted by residents of the Villa Cruzeiro slum that their daughters were being forced by drug dealers to participate in Baile Funkies, Tim decided to investigate the situation. Around 5 p.m. on June 2nd, 2002, he went into the slum with a hidden camera in a fanny pack mm-hmm. in an effort to record the parties. Wait. He also... What? Wait. A hidden camera in a fanny pack? Yeah, he put the hidden camera in his fanny pack. That's not a good angle, is it? Well, that's <laughs> the only place he could hide the fanny pack. I mean, the camera in yeah, the fanny pack. Okay. And All fanny right. packs were super popular in the early 2000s. So he also wanted to check on a tip that the drug dealers had built a playground in one of the main streets of the community in order to make police access to the slum harder. Mm -hmm. And also that the drug dealers walked around with rifles at hand. So those were all things that were reported Mm -hmm. to him and he was trying to find out if they were true or not. Before arriving there, he had told driver Marcelo Moreira to pick him up at 8 p.m. However, when 8 p.m. came around... Tim informed Marcelo that he would need more time and requested that Mm. he come back at Mm -hmm. 10 p.m. When Marcelo showed up, once again, Tim was nowhere to be found. The drug dealers found Tim's presence at the party very suspicious. Due to the previous news series um, that he had recorded for Jornal Nacional, his face had become known across the nation, so it didn't take very long for one of them to recognize him. That's also one of the reasons why um, Cristina was so worried about their safety because she was like, maybe we should have done the news piece but not put our faces out there because a lot of like very important drug dealers were arrested because of his first news piece. Mm. After said news piece, like I said, several drug dealers in Hill were arrested and the quote-unquote market, the drug dealing market, crashed for a while with some of its leaders now in prison. Because of that, it is rumored that Tim was captured in an effort to avenge their imprisonment. So according to testimony given later on the courts, Tim was approached by one of the security men at the party. He was then taken to Mauricio Martins, a.k.a. Boy, from the Comando Vermelho. Boy meaning bull, right? from Comando Vermelho. Comando Vermelho is one of the biggest criminal organizations in Brazil. And just like we did with one of its main rivals, the PCC, PCC, uh, we're not going to dive in too deep about what they do and what they're like for our own safety. Back to the story. Once it was taken to Boy, the hidden cameras were discovered. Boy then called the chief of Comando Vermelho, Elias Pereira da Silva, a.k.a. Elias Maluco, who ordered that uh, Tim was going to be taken to the Grota Slum. Yeah, Crazy Elias. Again, hitting. This is an awful name. Yeah. Am I allowed to say that? I would not want to I would not want to be known as Stephanie, the crazy Stephanie, or something <laughs> like that. So, yeah. according to Angelo Ferreira da Silva, who would be arrested on June t- 13th, Tim had his hands tied and was taken into a car, which drove to the very top of mm-hmm. Villa Cruzeiro. So, most of the slums in Brazil, they're built on hills. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the beginning of the slum is, like, the bottom of the hill, and then you go up and up. And usually, um, on top of the hills is where, like, 
the bad shit happens. Mm-hmm. So um, there, they shot his foot to prevent him from running mm-hmm. away. And only then he was taken to Grata. Testimonies reveal that upon arriving at Grata, nine drug dealers awaited him in order to put him through a quote-unquote trial. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we've already talked about it on our mm-hmm. True Crime Recap uh, 2018, 2018 True Crime Recap. Mm-hmm. But a drug dealer's trial in Islam basically means that they take you to the drug, te- drug dealer who's in charge of the Islam and they decide how they're going to kill you because you're not supposed to be in Islam. So mm-hmm. that's basically it. Yeah. If you've seen Elite Squad, they have a drug dealer's trial in that movie. Mm-hmm. So again, we're just talking about Bogdan Moda uh, just before yes. we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah, he, he is mm-hmm. the poster boy of this podcast. The muse of this okay. podcast. Yes. Yeah. So um, Tim would go on to be tortured. Then Elias would kill him using a katana. So a katana sword. That's how they kill him. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so the thing with this crime, um, there's not a lot of detail of how he was tortured, but you can only imagine what they did to him for at least a couple of hours. Um, yeah, and then he killed him with a katana, oh, man. which is a very painful way to die, especially seeing as they have like rifles and like guns and stuff. You can just shoot him. You don't have to do all of this. But again, they were doing this for revenge. Or so they claim. It is rumored that he died between 10 p.m. and midnight of that same night. After murdering him, the drug dealers dismembered the body and burned the body using a method known in um, among the drug dealers as microwaving. Um, this means that they piled up a bunch of car tires, then threw his body among the car tires and set it on fire. Uh, in order to destroy the evidence. Yeah. Dude, how do we know to save this? This is fucking yeah. awful. So it wasn't an easy death by any means. So on the very next day, June 3rd, 41 bone fragments were found doing among the debris in a clandestine cemetery. So I would say clandestine. Clandestine? Clandestine? Maybe. I don't know. Don't ask me. Uh, I don't speak English. I'm hiding a, right now. Clandestine. You guys got it. Clandestine, clandestine, tomato, tomato. On the following month, DNA technicians from the Federal University of Rio de Janeiro. Who am I? Rio de Janeiro. Identified Tim's DNA among those, as well as the DNA from three other victims of those trials. So, although he was a respected journalist in his field, Tim didn't become a household name until his disappearance. The case became a daily staple of Jornal Nacional, and I'm sure every single news channel out there. Because what happens when a journalist dies, too? They talk about it for a long time. Because it's also something to think about is it's uh, these people's, like, that person's friends and their co-workers, basically relating like the news right yeah. and that's kind of fucked up there's a a death that happened i think last month right of a journalist that was like one of the most respected ones it wasn't like a murder but it was an accident and all the journalists like crying while they're saying the news did you watch those videos no yeah it was tough like i cried and i wasn't even that close to the journalist didn't know him at all 
and I cried. <laughs> like, and I cried for everything. But anyways, uh, the case became a daily staple at Journal Nacional, which pressured the authorities to find the perpetrators and also fi- perpetrators, and also find out what really had happened that night. So, quite literally hunted down by the police. One by one, the men involved at the crime were either arrested or killed until finally in September, the leader, Elias Maluku, was arrested in September after 50 hours of an ambush in Ekorota. Yeah. Wait, did the like ambush last 50 hours? Yeah, so it was a big operation that lasted wow. 50 hours until Holy they finally shit. were able to get him. The only thing I can think of when I think of six fifty hours of something is that they're not allowed to nap in those the 50 cops, hours. yeah. Yeah. That's oh my god, I get tired just thinking about it. But I mean good work, right? I've been a- awake for thirty seven hours straight yeah. and it was yeah. rough, so I can't even imagine fifty mm-hmm. hours. So, among those involved in the crime, a few of them went on to have a jury trial linked to the case. Those men were Elias Maluku, who was sentenced to 28 years, six months in prison. Then uh, Claudio Orlando do Nascimento, Ratinho, which literally means little rat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not rat like a snitch, rat like the animal. Um, mm-hmm. Eliseu Felício de Souza, Zeu. Um, Reinaldo Amaral de Jesus, Cadê, which <laughs> literally means like, where? Is where? It? Where, is where is it? it? That was yeah. his name, Cadê. <laughs> Um, Fernando Satiro da Silva Frey, uh, which is which means friar, <laughs> like like a no. friar, like a Quaker. No, like a yeah, like a, a priest, some kind. Yeah, like a Quaker. Yeah, a Quaker. Okay. Uh, and Claudino dos Santos Coelho Xuxa. What? <laughs> yeah, Xuxa? His, his, his his nickname was Xuxa. Todo mundo tá feliz. Yes. Todo and all of these men yeah, were sentenced to 23 years, six months in prison. And Angelo Ferreira da Silva, primo, which means cousin, was sentenced to 15 years for playing a small role in the crime and having cooperated with the authorities. But oh, good for him. But once he was granted semi-open sentence, which allowed him to visit his family periodically, we've mentioned semi-open sentence, sentences mm-hmm. here many times um he became wanted by the police between february 7th and may 26th of 2019 when he was finally recaptured so a lot of people take advantage of that yet they still give it out to murderers yeah other (laughs) actors in the crime were andre da cruz barbosa his nickname was andre capeta which means (laughs) andre the devil andre the devil Flavio Reginaldo dos Santos, nicknamed Buda, which I don't need to translate that. Yeah. And Mauricio de Lima Matias, nicknamed Boizinho or Little Bull, uh, were killed by police during uh, a confrontation before they could be arrested. Mm-hmm. Not only to be a bootlicker here, but like, you no know, good for them that they were killed, you know, because these people terrorize whole neighborhoods. You know, yeah. Because when you're thinking about like drug traffic in the slums and stuff, you think of you know the drugs and the police, whatever. But there's people in there that live their daily lives. You know what I mean? They go down the hill every day and then go up the hill again. You know what I mean? They have normal lives, and they get sometimes even caught in the crossfire. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot so, of times. Yeah. Um, 
so my sister I mean, back in the 90s when we were decent people um my sister was part of a church and you know um how people from churches are always trying to uh you know, get people to be on mm. the right side of the tracks and all of that. And mm. a famous case uh, where that happens was with that girl, Natasha something, that killed, like, the family that was just trying to tell them about Jesus. Do you remember that? What was no. her last name? N Natasha. Oh, my God. Now I'm going to have to Google it. Hold on. No, I never heard of that. You have. Natasha? Is it, like, Brazilian or somewhere No, else? she's American. Oh, okay. Natasha Cornette. Oh, no, I don't know. You've heard. Anyway, Carol doesn't <laughs> remember it right now because she's know. old. But she 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 knows this case. I'm 13 um, years old, right? So, yeah, my sister used to go around, like, low-income neighborhoods, you know, trying to bring the word of Jesus to them. Mm -hmm. And she tells me that back then, which was in the 90s, before all of this, they mm -hmm. had to get to the like the entrance of the slum and then they had to get mm -hmm. someone to ask the drug dealer that was in charge of the slum for permission for them to walk in and tell people about the word of jesus so you can only imagine what it's like now so one of the involved zil was later granted the same open sentence and ran away from prison in 2007 the story just keeps repeating itself and people just <laughs> yes yeah, there's no yeah, let the criminals out. There's no nothing that could ever happen. Okay? What's the worst so, that could happen? Yeah. Could they kill someone again. It's it's nothing. So investigators believed that he was murdered in two thousand seven by the drug dealer Tota after murdering his own wife. Oof. In December two thousand nine, a new judicial decision was made as to whether those individuals that were involved in the crime would be granted semi open sentences or not. On November 28, 2010, at 3.02 p.m., Zell surrendered to the police during a big operation at the Complex d'Allemand, uh, the German complex. Which is not German, but you know what I mean? Like, it's the name of the... Uh, the yeah, it's a big slum. slum complex. It's like a bunch of slums that make up this big yeah. community. Allemand is pacified pacify now, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. how he got arrested. It's, it was oh, when okay. they were doing the... The peace operations mm -hmm. there. And they found him at his house. And they're mm -hmm. like, oh, we thought you were dead. And he was like, ha ha, jokes on you, bitches. Yeah. Yeah. Tim was survived by his widow, Alessandra Wagner, who was a fashion designer whom he had been married to for 10 years, and his son, Bruno Quintella, from his first marriage, who was 19 at the time of his death. Aww. He was honored at the 2003 Carnival Festival by the Tukurubi Parade, the the parade is the um i didn't know how to say this in english because it's like a parade yeah it's like a parade so it's like, like, a, like a whole parade in tim's honor yeah and in 2019 by the academicus tatope parade yeah so, i mean i want to elaborate on that so it's i mean we were talking about this just before the podcast started but yep. it's like think about samba right this music genre uh there's Compared to like sports teams, you know, there's these different schools that people like cheered for, whatever. And every year during during uh, Carnival in São Paulo and Rio, and probably other places too, they do a parade. So they choose like a theme for the parade. So like, oh, 
this year my theme is uh pillet or my theme is you know microphones it, it, literally anything anything could be a theme you know yeah and uh sometimes they honor famous people like that and yeah it's uh again this year he was honored by academicus tatape which is really cool you know, yeah, and I honor. thought, like, I don't know if I imagined this, but I thought that Mangueira had honored him at some point, but I couldn't find any information as mm-hmm. to the veracity of that, so maybe I was just imagining that that mm-hmm. happened. Oh, you know what I'm going to post on my Instagram? Was it Mangueira this year that honored Marielle? Yeah. Yeah, one of the that's uh, school Mangueira. She did remember. Uh, remember, I'm, t- I'm talking to you, listener. Remember episode five on Marielle Franco, the congresswoman that was killed. She was honored on the Mangueira uh, parade. Like the whole thing wasn't about her, because also did you notice this year that everything's kind of grim? Like you have the themes, but people just kind of go around it, criticizing the president, but not like directly. You know, like last year, they literally dressed a guy up as a vampire to represent the the president and put yes. him up like on the thing. <laughs> yes, and, I remember yeah, that. That was absolutely precious, and I love it so much. But this year, this didn't happen. Even though I saw a video that was rumored that they dressed up a guy like as Hitler, both like Bolsonaro's hair. Yeah, I doing saw the that. Arm, no, uh, finger they were thing. doing. They protests. did that really. They were doing, I'm sorry, I totally, mm-hmm. I fucking suck. But um, I, they were doing uh, protests in the carnival in my oh, hometown. Yeah. And yeah. they were doing like a protest against Bolsonaro. And then the cops mm-hmm. arrested people because they were like, oh, you can't do this. This is like disorderly conduct or whatever. But like, it wasn't. They they have the right to protest. That's the yeah. basis no. of yeah, Freedom you know this speech. thing that you have here in America called the right to speak against the government? That is very, very much in jeopardy in Brazil right now. And it's something that, you know, should not happen. And yeah. I was kind of disappointed not to see any critics directly to Bolsonaro. There's like tons of stuff that was, again, as I said, around the theme. You can see that they were trying to do it. Like this whole, I don't think they won the yeah, they didn't win because the one that talked about Marielle did. Uh, they did like a whole... Uh, the whole theme of the uh, Carnaval, the, the whole theme of their show was uh, about this... In, in the 20s, in one of the states, one of the cities, whatever, they elected a goat as a mayor because they didn't <sighs> like any of the candidates. That was the whole theme. So they got a guy dressed up as a goat at the beginning of the show and he has like a uh, presidential um sash on him you know oh my god yeah so the whole thing was about the goat but we know what it was really about you know what i mean they criticized like all kinds of politicians you know Mm -hmm. so the big landowners and the corrupt politicians and the liars and stuff and that was all criticized and it's all metaphors uh also coming from the northeast 
of the region that was like because this is where this whole goat thing happened so it was all like northeast themed with the goat and current politics and it was a mm-hmm. really interesting show if you want to watch it i might link it on the show notes if you're curious you know skip around it's like an hour long thing but it was really good i really enjoy watching those parades it only happens once a year and it kind of sucks but i'm definitely gonna post on my instagram i haven't posted anything there in a while the uh pictures of the parts where marielle is present on the um parade like she wasn't the theme but it was about um brazil brazil's history as written by the poor people the black people and the brown people and and on the brown people the indians the sorry no the native uh brazilians so it's like on the like first thing that happens on the whole show did you watch it I didn't know at all. (laughs) That's not my thing. (laughs) It's like they have um, like people dressed up as not dressed up like actual, you know, native people and black people, um, you know, walking around, dancing, whatever. And there's like a wall behind them that has like pictures and people dressed. It's like persons inside a wall. You know what I mean? Uh, Dressed as key figures of the brazilian history you know mm-hmm. and then they come out and they're actually like you know kneeling on the ground to seem like really short you know mm-hmm. and then the uh black people and the native people actually go up on the wall as they were and it's like this is what our history should actually be like you know what i mean oh. so they talk about like the genocide of the indians like different types of genocide and the uh, expeditions that are praised that from the because colonization started in the uh, beach line right so to get in the country actually you had to basically have these like expeditions to kill the native people basically and then comes the slaves brazil if you didn't know is the country that enslaved most africans so it's this these parts these portions of the history and the key figures that actually moved because what it, we learn in school is actually like yeah the white people granted the end of slavery look at this gift you know what i mean when really it was like a fight for years and years and years and yeah yeah they're putting like those figures in literal thrones in this parade and it's i mean it's it had all like it had all the elements to make it a really sad a parade but it's not it's a it's it's fun to watch like it's not funny but you know what i mean like it's cool and at right at the end of it um they actually have like the brazilian flag like replaced by like a with the colors of the um the school right mm-hmm. but when it says order and order in progress in the flag they have it said uh Poor, poor people, black people, and Indian and not Indian, native uh, people. And what? right in the front of the flag, you have a flag waving of Mariali's face, and she oh, is. Oh, I saw in the a picture lyrics. of that. Yeah, she's in the lyrics of the song that they sing to, and uh, her widow, I think her name is Patricia, was mm-hmm. also in the. Wasn't I see? I didn't see the parade itself, but I saw some like news pieces on it. Wasn't her daughter in like another um, school's parade, and her uh, sister was in another one too? There were like multiple ones, and her mom also. Yeah, 
But yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool to see people like um, still remembering, still talking about it. Because as of today, we really want to do some updates on it, but there's not many. You know, we don't really want to, you know, talk about it. It hasn't really been any like concrete developments on the story, and it's most likely not going to be solved anytime soon. Yeah, like. I don't think, uh, like I said on our episode about that case, I don't think mm-hmm. that case is ever going to get um, solved. Yeah. Honestly. Which is sad. But we're doing our uh, roles here as, you know, crime reporters, I guess, just to, you know, keep talking about it, making sure that it's never forgotten, you know? Yeah. Um, we as a Brazilian, the Brazilian public, Brazilian people. You know, except for the people that always, you know, anytime something like that happens, they make memes, fucking disgusting humor that these people think that, you know, they're allowed to do that with a person that, you know, was killed. Fucking, I, I get mad. I get mad and I report it every time I see it. <laughs> Another thing that I liked about uh, this year's carnival, well, it's mm-hmm. something that happens all the time. Uh, but we have this famous singer called um, Ivete Sangalo. Mm-hmm. Did you oh, see yeah. the video uh, where, uh, so so, so the carnival that we were talking about with the parade, it's in Sao Paulo and um, Rio. Mm-hmm. But carnival, as you know, is like a staple of Brazilian culture. So mm-hmm. every uh, state has different versions of carnival. Mm-hmm. So in Bahia, they have uh, this... Um, it's not a parade, but it's sort of like a parade with a big trucks um, and the singers like stand on top of the trucks mm-hmm. and they sing uh, for the people. It's a free concert, basically. And mm-hmm. it's usually has like millions of people. So she was singing on top of one of these trucks and she realized that this guy or woman, I don't know if it was a, a man or a woman, uh, but they were selling um beer out of a little cooler and she realized Mm -hmm. that someone either bumped into the the little vendor or like i don't know something happened that broke the cooler and they lost all of their beer so Mm -hmm. they lost all of their profit and for people who are street vendors uh, even here um, in america we have a Mm -hmm. lot of like elotes street vendors um, sausage uh, street vendors that's like their bread and butter bread and butter quite literally Mm -hmm. like that's all the money that they make so if they lose the merchandise like how are they gonna make any profit so she saw that it happened and she paused her concert and she was like oh my god no calm down there's no need for you to cry i'm gonna tell my producer to go down there and we'll pay for all the beers that were in your cooler Mm-hmm. and give you a little bit extra and i was like so touched by it and i know it's something that she yeah. does all the time because she's super humble but oh, uh, she so was nice. like no 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 don't cry don't cry i'm gonna tell them to go down right now and give you the money for it you don't need to cry just enjoy carnival it's a big party now mm-hmm. you can go home early to your kids or whatever oh. and i was like oh my gosh this is so sweet and i thought oh. it was amazing Yvette is the best like one of the I think nicest singers that we have in Brazil. Yeah. Again, uh, you know, I talk I talk as if I know her personally. I don't. But oh, I, you know I know I mean? her. I know her, Carol. I've been yeah, listening to her since I was aunt, four. Actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We we're related. <laughs> I okay. Wish. 
No, oh, same. Right. <laughs> oh, oh but I thought it was so sweet. Oh, another thing that mm-hmm. happened. Now, this is a singer that, you know, my sister is obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. My sister's always telling me that, like, personality-wise, I'm a lot like this singer, mm-hmm. Anita. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Dude, Whatever so that true, means. Though. So <gasps> I never <laughs> noticed it before. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So <gasps> No, really? She, she was also singing on top of one of these trucks, right? Uh-huh. And she realized that there was a guy, um, like a pickpocketer, stealing cell phones from people. <gasps> so she paused her concert and she was like, hello, police. We have a thief. We have a thief in the crowd. And she like Holy pointed shit. him out. and The guy got arrested. Yeah, but he was innocent, right? No, he was stealing he cell was, phones. Really? Yeah. He was <gasps> stealing cell phones out of people that were in the crowd. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, talking about that. I almost put uh, Anita at Carnival uh, on the alternative episode because the headline, it was the headline. It, this is exactly as it was written, all right? Anita at Carnival has playback and an orgy in the bathroom that's like okay. exactly as it is and i was like i just need to explain so much background information on this i'm not gonna put it on the bonus episode <laughs> so i'm glad that we gotta get that right <laughs> that's, that's a good. very yeah strange headline yeah and an orgy at the bathroom and the word for orgy in portuguese is just so much like funnier than orgy in english so it has a as a whole, surub. <laughs> uh, as like a whole comical factor to it maybe we should start putting like funny headlines and stuff at the ends of this episode so we don't have you know to end up talking about like random stuff or you know not having anything good to talk about just ending it because true true i think that's a yeah. good idea that's a great idea yeah there you go let us know if you like it listeners I guess. Even though you guys never talk to us. You always Yeah. Yeah, just talk Nobody to loves us and I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you guys, next segment, shout outs. Okay, so we have John, Marie, Lauren, Shar, another Lauren, and Ivna. Alright, so you guys thank you so much for listening to this rambly but woke podcast. Um were you calling woke? Excuse no, it's because we talked about, me? you know, journalism and, you know. Yeah, but don't, don't, don't classify me as woke. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I drink Starbucks, but I'm not woke. <laughs> no, but we are woke here. Than a lot of I mean, I'm woke, but I don't want to be woke. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, I'm starving, guys. I need to eat. Um, I'm not starving, but I will watch Carol eat once she gets there. So, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This was Suspiria. I hope you have a good end of the world. Ciao. Ciao. Thank you for listening to another episode of Suspiria, a true crime podcast. If you are a creep and enjoy listening to all of that horrible information, please check out our previous episodes and write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as Suspiria Podcast. Facebook is also Suspiria Podcast. If you want to follow Carol, you can follow her at Suspiria Carol. And you can follow me at eu.steph. Note, none of us post anything interesting. We do, actually.
If you have any case suggestions, feel free to drop them over at SusperiaPodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to be part of this podcast, you can also email us. We promise we won't bite. Ciao! Suspiria.